0: This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Back in the studio today, an abbreviated program, because as you've been hearing all morning, this is a big sports day here at WTMJ. The Brewers play San Diego. It's game three of their three-game series. I happened to be at the ball game last night, and just like it is fair to say that Monday night was an El Stinko one, Uh, last night, great game. The Brewers jumped ahead five runs in the first inning, three home runs. I don't think I've ever been to a game where I've seen, in person, three home runs. Back to back, and uh, it's just—it it was a good game. But you know, even though they won by four runs, you, you still always got the impression that maybe you know, maybe San Diego could come back. Anyhow, it was a great game. We've got coverage of the rubber game in that three-game series coming up at twelve thirty-five. Our pregame coverage starts. The Brewers are one and a half games behind the Chicago Cubs, who I think have another off day. I think at the end of the day, I have to look. The Brewers will have played. Four, five, six more games than the Cubs. And that theoretically is going to catch up with the Cubs when they come to September and don't have these off days and they just have to play the ball games. And then, of course, after the Brewers game, we're going to morph into our coverage of the Green Bay Packers, their first preseason game. Packers play the Tennessee Titans at Lambeau Field. It's good to have football back. Speaking of baseball, though, we've been telling you about this for a week or so now. As part of our latest WTMJ CARES initiative, we call it Hitting for the Cycle. And we here at WTMJ are partnering with the the Brewers Community Foundation to help bring you and your bicycle to Miller Park to join in Hitting for the Cycle. Here's what it is. It's a 25-mile bike ride and a race to benefit numerous community groups. It's going to be happening on Saturday, August 25th. That's two weeks from Saturday. 1:30 1:30 p.m. and get this all the proceeds go to the Brewers Community Foundation, the Urban Ecology Center and Dream Bikes. The route starts and ends at Miller Park. It takes you along the Lake Michigan shoreline. All skill levels are welcome. You do not have to be a world-class bicycle rider to participate. Each rider gets a club level ticket to the Brewers Pirates game that night. There's going to be a tailgate party after the ride with food and beverages included and you get an event t-shirt. The cost is 60 bucks to ride plus $50 or more in fundraising. If you go to WTMJ.com, we've got a big icon there. You click on it. We've got a link that shows that how you can register. It's going to be just a lot of fun. But more importantly than just fun, it's riding a bike for a good cause. The Brewers Community Foundation does a number of wonderful things. They partner with a number of great groups out in the community that are really trying to make a difference for people who need a bit of help. And one, one of those groups that um, stands to benefit from this event is a group called Life Impact. And right now we're joined by Natalie Reinbold from Life Impact. Uh, Natalie, good afternoon.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me on the air. Absolutely.
0: Well, tell everybody a little bit about what Life Impact is and what it does.
1: Definitely. The Life Impact program serves disadvantaged students at UWM And all of our students in our program have children. The program is designed to break the cycle of poverty in our Milwaukee community by providing educational opportunities that will help these scholars eventually obtain family-sustaining employment. So the students in our program receive wraparound support services as well as scholarship, emergency funds, and family-friendly events and workshops.
0: So this is dealing with, with people who are trying to better themselves, because I think we would all agree, Natalie, that you know education is one of the key things to doing that. So these are disadvantaged students who have uh, children that they have to support, and this is a way of helping those students stay in school, develop life skills, so that they can graduate and, and hopefully better themselves and the lives of their children.
1: Right. It's a program that's designed not just to give a scholarship to an individual, but to really raise up a family that wants to better themselves through education and really impact not just that one student but also their children. And We know from research that children who grow up in homes that have parents that went to college are also more likely to go to college, so we really feel like we're impacting more than just one person and we're also impacting the community because these are families that typically stay in Milwaukee and get jobs in Milwaukee.
0: One of the things I was very impressed about in learning about this program is you've been around for a while. I mean, this program was initially started in 2005 through a grant from the Jane Bradley Pettit Foundation. So you you have really a history of success. We really do.
1: Yep. We've had over 200 students in our program, including almost 300 kids. And 70% of our students come from the Milwaukee County community. We've given out over $2 million in scholarships and have a graduation and retention rate of 84%. All of our students in our program find employment within six to nine months of graduation.
0: Okay, let, let, for people who are listening, those numbers are just staggering. Of of the people that you, you help, your retention rate is 84% that leads to graduation and and of those people then you have a hundred percent job placement um within six to nine months of graduation huh
1: yes thank you we have a wonderful group of students that we work with they truly overcome barriers every day and we just think that being in college is hard being a parent is hard and doing those things together is almost impossible for a lot of people so our program is really meant to give them the support and encouragement that they need. And usually, they're on their way and find success.
0: Now, we're talking about the, the Brewers Community Foundation and, and the Hitting for the Cycle event that's coming up in couple a couple weeks. How does that play into your Life Impact
1: Program? Well, first of all, I just want to give a big shout-out to the Brewers. They're an amazing organization to work with, and we're so honored and proud to work with them because they support so many amazing causes. But this partnership, in particular, with Hitting for the Cycle, really helps us bring visibility to our program and increases the chances that we're going to provide further support to the families we serve here in Milwaukee.
0: Outstanding, Natalie Reinbold. If people want more information about this program, actually, in advance of our interview, I was kind of I was reading a little bit about the Life Impact Program, and it's yeah. it's really it's it's really incredible. And one of the things I talk about a lot in my program is. I, I the the fact that when when people have turned to crime and they've committed crimes and things like that. But if you can if we can figure out a way to keep people in school and get people educations and help themselves better themselves, you never have to deal with it, that other thing. And that's what your program is doing. It's helping people get education so that they can better themselves.
1: It's really giving families different ways to find employment that's going to serve their family well. Um Work is one way, but education is also another path, and we really hope that students will see that this is an opportunity for them.
0: Natalie Reinbold from Life Impact, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. I appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. It, it really is. It's an incredibly worthwhile program. Like I say, I, I, I talk a lot on this program. You'll hear me say that I, I'm not smart enough to figure out how you stop the social causes of crime I, I just I just know how we have to deal with it in the aftermath, but obviously, if you can figure out ways to do that you 're better off, and I think almost everybody, perhaps everybody would agree that one of those keys is is, is keeping people in school, helping them get an education. And this is a program that exactly does it. You know, you have the people who have small children or whatever that they have to care for. And, again, they're one of the beneficiaries of this Hitting for the Cycle program. So check it out. We have all the information up on our website at uh, WTMJ.com. Check it all out and sign up. The ride, the event, it's two weeks from Saturday, Hitting for the Cycle. It's twelve seventeen. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. 12.20, 12.20, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ, Drew, who is producing the show today and always. It is your fault. I have overpromised. I, I really, I, I actually, if you if you follow me on Twitter, lots of people do, um, it's at Wagner 620 I said that I, I want to do this topic. There's Uber and Lyft, you know, which are the two hit r- ride-sharing services. New York City has become the first city in the country that has put a freeze on On new people being allowed to drive for Uber and Uber and Lyft. Their thinking is that there's, they're clogging the streets. There's too many people out there participating in this ride sharing thing and other cities are considering doing the same. I want to talk about it, but I do not have enough time to give the topic justice. Just like I've got a story about ATMs and I don't know why is it that some people just when they pull up at the ATM, it's like they're getting ready to open a bank account. It's like you go in, you're either putting in a check or you're getting money. Why does it take you 15 minutes or 10 minutes at an ATM? I've got a story of something that happened to me today. But I, again, I want to open up the phone lines on that, and I don't have time enough to do that. So we're going to push both of those off till tomorrow. By the way, I always mention this. A lot of people, and I've been getting a lot of feedback from people at the state fair and, and the the operative word I'm hearing at the state fair now is, is podcast. He said, Jeff, no, we we can only catch about forty five minutes of the show or maybe an hour of the show during, you know, the lunch break or whatever and then they say, we found the podcast page and you can go to WTMJ.com, you can click on the mobile applications and you can subscribe to the podcast. We podcast every program and then as soon as it's posted, you you just get a notification and so that night, if you're walking the dog, or you're going to the gym and you want to hear what we talked about in the one o'clock hour of the program, you can just pull it up and you can listen. It's uh, it's just amazing to me how many people have started taking advantage of that so you can check out the podcast. There is a primary election It is coming up. It is this Tuesday. So the the long primary season is finally starting to wind down. One of the decisions, if you're going to vote in the Democratic primary, is which of the eight candidates will you choose to, again, run against Governor Walker? The leader in the clubhouse right now is State School Superintendent Tony Evers. If you believe the polls, he has a huge, huge lead. There's eight candidates. So, I mean, theoretically, you know, if somebody has 25% of the vote, that, that 25 to 30% of the vote is probably going to win when you have eight candidates that are splitting it. And one of the things that's amazed me about this entire campaign is that everybody's been in lockstep with each other. It, you really haven't had a lot of back and forth, and there's been nothing really. Therefore, if you assume that Evers is the leader, there's been nothing that any of the other candidates have done to really distinguish themselves, for example, from him, which is – it's just been a bizarre way to run a race. Well, at, at a debate the other day, Matt Flynn, who has no chance of winning he's, – he's he's going nowhere. He's a retired attorney who's run for a lot of different stuff and lost pretty much every time. Um, he's also – bogged down because he was the attorney for the archdiocese during the pedophile priest scandal, and there's a lot of people who are upset with how aggressive he was in representing his client, and there's questions about what he knew about pedophile priests and when. He, he's not going to win, but at least he's trying to differentiate himself a little bit from some of the other candidates. So at at the debate, um, he, the most recent debate, he at least comes out and, and says – well, or at least implies, that if Tony Evers is the nominee of the Democrats, Scott Walker will eat Tony Evers for lunch. And now there's all this criticism. Well, you shouldn't be criticizing Evers like that and all. Well, okay, at least Flynn is showing some signs of a pulse, and at least even though he's not going to win, he's probably going to be lucky to finish fifth, he's not going to win, he's not going to, at least he's at least trying to distinguish himself. And you know what? I can't criticize Flynn for saying Evers is going to be eaten for lunch by Scott Walker because the truth is an absolute defense, and and that is just the reality. It's my prediction. You can mark the tape here. I don't care what any sort of Marist poll or something shows. If Tony Evers is the nominee to challenge Scott Walker, he is going to be eaten for lunch by the governor. Mark it down. It's 1225, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ.